morning, England, and welcome to Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jonna. As always, we pay respect to the traditional custodians of the lands we are coming from, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. For another busy sporting weekend, and we'll start with football. And week 31 in the English Premier League saw so Arsenal go another 2 0 lead away as they drew 2 2 against West Ham, while Manchester City closed the gap to four points uh, to Arsenal with a 3 1 win over relegation battling Leicester City. Aston Villa kept up their stunning recent form with a 3-0 win over Newcastle, while Bournemouth recorded an injury time at 3-2 win over Tottenham, while Chelsea continued their poor form with a 2-1 loss to Brighton. But Jono, all the headlines at the top of the league there with Arsenal throwing a 2-0 lead away against uh, West Ham, and that lead is dwindling to a fast-finishing Manchester City. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate what's happening to Arsenal because as we kind of point out, it's not even the losses that are going to come back to haunt them. It's it's the draws now at this point that are going to come back to haunt them and the lack of just, you know, when you have an opportunity, taking that opportunity to close out games to make sure that you get ahead when needed as well. Um, and essentially now at this point, it's, it's almost in City's hands now. Um, it's going to be more along the lines as if City messes up and hits a bit of a roadblock in comparison to Arsenal. So... Um, they've made it interesting there now at the top because um, a few months ago we probably would have said Arsenal had it locked up, but they've definitely made it where um, it's anybody's game out of those two teams now. Yeah, that's what Mikel Arteta, the Arsenal manager, said afterwards that they do obviously need to kill games off uh, when they're playing well and having the advantage. And that game at Manchester City coming up between Arsenal and Man City looks like it could be potentially a title decider. Also this week, John, the second leg of the Champions League quarterfinals, as well as the Europa League and Europa Conference Leagues. Uh, um, not looking good for Chelsea, as they uh, obviously trying to overturn a 2-0 deficit against Real Madrid. While Bayern Munich, could they, do, could they do the unthinkable in Germany against Manchester City? Doesn't look likely, considering how City are playing. Uh, but the other two ties, uh, Inter take a good lead back to uh, Milan against Benfica, while that Napoli AC Milan... Uh, ties obviously well balanced going uh, 1-0 uh, Milan up going into Naples yeah I mean I'm gonna be really interested as to see if how Byron kind of comes out considering all the off the field drama as well that's kind of surrounding them so it's gonna be a huge effort regardless to overturn you know what the position that they're in but now with everything that's happening off the pitch as well in the locker room it will be very interesting to see what type of Byron we see um, as you said, Chelsea's just in a bit of a rough spot. I don't see them really getting out. But that other side, it all comes down to this. I mean, it's going to be really exciting, in particular the AC um, versus Napoli game. That's going to be fantastic because, you know, as much as you think Napoli, you know, now they have a little bit of a harder path a- a- ahead of them, they've been playing lights out this year. So if they just bring some of that form in, it's going to be one heck of a test there for um, AC Milan to hold this one out. And also the return of Victor Osman, the Nigerian yep. hitman. Uh, huge in for Napoli there. Uh, well, football in Spain. Barcelona drew 0-0 against Getafe, while Real Madrid defeated Cadiz 2-0. In Italy, tabletopping Napoli could only draw 0-0 with Verona. That was with, even with 79% possession. While second place, Lazio defeated Spezia 3-0. And Monza upset Inter Milan 1-0. While AS Roma, Jose Mourinho's AS Roma won 3-0. So they're obviously consolidating third there. But that race uh, for the top four heating up in Italy... Bayern Munich's tough week continued in Germany as they drew 1-1 with Hoffenheim, but Borussia Dortmund unable to take advantage as they drew 3-3 with Stuttgart. In France, PSG won their top-of-the-table clash against Lons 3-1, while in Scotland, Rangers defeated St Mirren 5-2 and Celtic defeated Kilmarnock 4-1. 
Uh, women's FA Cup semi-finals also over the weekend, and Manchester United defeated Brighton at 3-2. Maybe that's an omen for the upcoming men's semi-finals. Uh, while Chelsea defeated Aston Villa 1-0, Australian Sam Kerr with the goal there, meaning it'll be a Chelsea versus Manchester United uh, final there, and the women's FA Cup should be an absolute cracker there. A-League match week 24 here in Australia. Newcastle defeated MacArthur 2-1. Central Coast and then Melbourne City drew 1-1. Western Sydney defeated Melbourne Victory 2-1. Wellington and Brisbane drew 2-2. Sydney FC defeated Perth 4-1, while Western United upset Adelaide 1-0, meaning Melbourne City became the first team to win three premierships in a row, while Adelaide United remained second and Central Coast third, with Sydney now three points clear in six. Women's A-League finals uh, time over the weekend. Elimination final. Melbourne Victory and Melbourne City played an absolute cracker. Ended 3-3. Melbourne Victory won 4-1 on penalties. While in the semi-final, major semi-final, Western United defeated Sydney FC 1-0. Rugby League NRL, around seven. Some of the big headlines to come out. The Seagulls, my Seagulls having a big win against the Melbourne Storm in a bruising contest uh, on Friday night. While the Panthers... Edge the Knights in an absolute uh, classic there. Nathan Cleary field goal in Golden Point, uh, getting the victory there for the Penrith Panthers. While Cronulla defeated your Roosters, John, in a heavyweight clash uh, on Friday as well. Brisbane won the Queensland derby against the Gold Coast Titans. Well, in some big news today, Jack White and the Canberra Raiders uh, superstar retiring from all representative football. So obviously ruling himself out of New South Wales origin selection uh, this year. So, John, a big decision there by Jack White. And we obviously know the conjecture around where he possibly may continue to play his football. Um, the Red Clip Dolphins are obviously coming in with a big offer there. But uh, a huge uh, a huge decision there. And obviously, a bit of a hit to the New South Wales team. Uh, origin, not that far away. Yeah, it's, it's not very far away. But, um, you know, if you look at it from a New South Wales perspective, they're just loaded with talent um, in and around the pitch anyway. But it still is going to be a bit of a hit. Um, I think as well, you know, you look at even the squad last year was kind of riddled with a couple of omissions, you know, somebody like a Latrell Mitchell, players like that, um, who didn't really get that quality of time a- across all the games. Um, but yeah, definitely going to be a big hit, but it will be very interesting just kind of moving forward to see what this New South Wales team is going to be lining up as is to see who they put in key positions and uh, who they kind of select as well in terms of some fresh talents that are slowly coming up because you can't always stick with the old. There are going to have to be some times where it's kind of you freshen up the squads as well throughout the throughout the uh, process of these three games. Yeah, the big decision might come down to whether they give Nico Hines an opportunity. We know how well he's playing for Canola, or do they go with Luai and that Penrith connection with Cleary? So big decisions there for New South Wales selectors. AFL round five, and it was gather round in Adelaide. So obviously most of the games or predominantly the round was played at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, and there were some classic games. Adelaide inflicted Carlton's first loss of the season, while Sydney bounced back with a good win over Richmond. Essendon recorded a big upset win over Melbourne, while Collingwood edged St Kilda in a top-of-the-table clash there by six points. Uh, so some great AFL action. And obviously, um, Geelong, we also saw record there another win this year. So they slowly look like they're coming back into form as well in the AFL. Rugby Union, Super Rugby Pacific, Round 8. And Queensland Reds defeated Moana Pacifica 40-28. to The ACT Brumbies defeated Fijian Drua 43-28. to the Chiefs defeated the Hurricanes 33-17, while the New South Wales Waratahs defeated the Western Force 36-16, meaning the Chiefs sit top, followed by the Brumbies and Hurricanes. Netball, Super Netball, round five. The Giants defeated the Collingwood 59-55. The Thunderbirds defeated the Vixens 61-50. to 
West Coast defeated the Queensland Firebirds 73 to 71, while the New South Wales Swifts defeated the Lightning 64 to 63, meaning the Fever sit top and undefeated, followed by the Thunderbirds and Vixens. Basketball, Jono, the NBA final series is finally here. And just out of the round one games and some of those playing games, we've already seen some cracking action. Um, also, a bit of an injury concern for Giannis. For the Bucks. we saw him leave game one early uh, in their loss. Uh, but already, Jono, some cracking action and uh, a few little upsets as well uh, going into round one or after round one worth of action. Yeah, it's been a... Um been huge in terms of performances on the court so far um, out of the opening games of all the playoff series. I mean, there's been a number of them as well going into the last couple seconds, um, even uh, even as, uh, you know, the situations of last big heroic plays and everything. But I think overall, um, look, there's been some upsets in a sense of, you know, didn't necessarily expect certain teams winning with with so much ease as well. But then overall, it's just making for a really interesting series. I think each series really shows that there's potentially maybe one sweep in the making that maybe could be Denver. They just seem to be a class ahead. But the rest of them, I mean, it's it's going to be such an amazing series. You look at especially in the West. I don't even know who you could be picking to go out of there now. Um, you know, Sacramento came to life. Golden State still looked quite sharp. You had the Suns dropping already to the Clippers. It's it's all for the taking. Denver looking very strong. The Lakers actually looking very strong as well. Um, I think any of those teams are going to be able to take it. And then over in the East, really depends as well on Giannis. Um, I think it's really going to be dependent on that because then that gives Joel Embiid and Philly a great opportunity. The Celtics a great opportunity as well. So First games really showed that it's going to be an incredible playoff series. And this is incredible to see this much action already in the first round. Yeah, hopefully that injury for Giannis isn't too serious. Uh, but obviously we'll learn uh, over the next couple of days or so to see where he is at. Uh, and especially for, as you said, for the Bucks uh, championship ambitions. Well, Joe, we saw a major, um, I guess, sporting decision. Uh, made over the last week, and it concerned the English Premier League um, and them coming out and stating, uh, this was in conjunction with all of the uh, 20 Premier League clubs, that betting sponsorship on the front of English Premier League jerseys will be banned from the 2025-26 season. They will still be able to advertise on the sleeves, but major sponsorships on the front of shirts will, will be banned from that season going forward. Currently, there's eight Premier League uh, clubs that have gambling sponsorship on the front of their shirts. Bournemouth, Everton, Leeds, Southampton, West Ham, Fulham, Newcastle, and Brentford. Uh, and the Premier League is also working with other sports uh, in England on the development of, of a new code for responsible gambling sponsorship. So before we look at this decision in a little bit more depth, how significant a decision do you think this is by the Premier League? And we know, obviously, how many eyeballs are on the Premier League each week and how big it is globally. How big a decision do you think it is to to remove gambling and betting sponsorship from the front of shirts uh, from some of these very prominent clubs and prominent players who obviously don these jerseys? Yeah, look, I think it's a huge move by them. Um, and I do think as well that, you know, when you look at it from a perspective as a, a league that it always been has a realistically a rich history in terms of gambling and betting and everything and is one of the most betted on leagues across the world as well in terms of just even from a sporting perspective and then also the league itself right so i think it's really big for them to take this stance um and i think it's it's looking at the right direction in terms of what we always talk about right we talk about 
these different leagues and codes and everything really taking an opportunity to step up and really make for a positive example. And this maybe is that small change to get there, right? There still is some stipulations in terms of, you know, to be worked out as to it still is going to be viewable and in some sense and everything, but it's really taking away that broad approach from that first thing that you kind of see when a player walks out and everything. It's, you know, those camera angles and everything like that, that capture it, that main sponsorship piece. Should it really be a main sponsor as well of, of these clubs? Should it really be that primary sponsor? Should we like, we really need to think about that. So I think that for the Premier League as a whole to do this. You know, it's not just one club necessarily taking the stance that the league itself has made this stance. And yes, it might make some clubs actually unhappy as well, in a sense, because they're getting a lot of money from these sponsorships as well. So they're getting a big kickback too. So I think it's a really big step for the Premier League um, and a really good step to see them take that stance. And hopefully this is a trickle effect of leagues looking at their opportunities as, as to say, hmm, what can we do to kind of, to kind of combat this as well, because at the end of the day, end of the day, gambling is an addiction. It's addictive. So how can we combat such an addictive behavior? Um, what can we do to kind of make our little part in, in stopping this as well? Well, it seems like it's a positive step in regards to the Premier League, uh, working with other sporting codes in terms of developing um, a new, I guess, code of ethics and, and, and the way gambling sponsorship um, is advertised and, and sort of promoted. Do you think gambling these days, John, I mean, in terms of where we know the growth of it, and we'll go into some figures here in Australia in terms of how big the gambling market is, and so especially when it comes to sports gambling and the ease of it now, because obviously you can do it on your phone. It's 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 so accessible. It, it, you don't need to now be going into a TAB anymore to, to place a bed. You can do it anywhere, anytime. You can do it from the comfort of your own couch while you're watching sport, live sport betting is has become so prominent. Do you think now gambling and especially sport gambling should be treated almost like tobacco sponsorship? And obviously we've seen tobacco sponsorship banned. That was a huge thing in, in the 90s, probably a little bit before our time. But do you think now we've got to that point where, where it almost needs to be treated in that sort of same realm? Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. Because I mean, as I as I said, I mean, gambling is an addictive behavior, right? People get addicted to gambling every year. There's more and more who get addicted to gambling, and the fact that, as you pointed out, that it, it's so accessible, it's in your face constantly. I mean, you look at advertisement as well. You know, is right in front of you during games. We now have opportunities that. It's not even just betting on something before the game starts. Now we have promotions that go on during the game where you're actually betting on as the game is actually going on, right? You have opportunities where at halftime, right, is sponsored by a particular um, betting organization where the broadcasters are now essentially paid to say, hey, this is who I'd go for. And then they kind of get a piggyback from there or they have their own little bet, their specialty bet of their own. It's it's quite ridiculous actually in a sense of how much it is in that consumer's face right that's really just kind of drawing them back in that as much as you want to maybe get out of that once you've started gambling right you want to get out of that um that routine it just draws you back in because again it's just there there's more and more media and promotions all around it and the promotions as well it's that enticing thing of hey we'll give you this for free right now you think oh wow i can really make some money of this and then all of a sudden you're sucked in again and you're spending money more and more and more money betting on these sports. So I definitely think it should be it should be like that. And I think it should be harder for people to to gamble. It's too accessible right now. It's too easy for people. 
Um, and because again, we're contributing, we have to think about it as maybe not everybody's addicted to this, but it does have a very big, strong addictive factor and characteristics to it. So we need to really think about that for just the general well-being of the population as well as to what we're really doing to them in terms of just constantly promoting this um, every single game, within games, after games, all around it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, not everyone gets addicted to it. I mean, I've we've all sort of put a bet on it at some point in, in our lives, but for some people, they, they, can, they know when they need to walk away and, and when's enough is enough but obviously you're going to get you're going to hook people in and people especially with addictive personalities chasing that win um it can become hard and it can rip families apart it can put people in huge financial issues and struggles where where their their most of their their paycheck goes towards betting and, and sports betting trying to obviously chase that win and in terms of Australia, we're probably one of the most predominant and biggest uh, nations when it comes to comes to sports betting. Here's a couple of facts out of out of Australia. Australians lose more per capita on sports and race betting than anyone else in the world, which is which is an amazing fact. Um, and the value of bets taken by Australian sports gambling companies each year has passed fifty billion dollars. $50 billion. So that's the equivalent of $2,500 being gambled every year by every adult that lives in Australia, which is quite a, a startling fact when, when you really uh, crack down the figures. And the Australian sports betting market is worth nearly $8.2 billion a year here in Australia. So, John, when we look at some of those figures, and obviously we're talking from an Australian perspective because this is where we live and we know how big sport is here in terms of um, the accessibility and, and how uh, important it is to the to the Australian fabric. But looking at some of those figures, you can really see uh, the issues that come around betting and how huge it is in regards to the market. How much money is made from these gambling uh, from these gambling websites and gambling brands. Yeah, I mean, look, even for myself, from just my personal experiences as when I did move over here from America, that was prior to America allowing sports betting to essentially happen on an, on an everyday basis, right? There's only certain areas as, as to where you can place a sports bet. Coming here, it was it was a huge shock for me to see the amount of ads, the amount of just uh, like TABs that are just, I, that was unheard of for me. The fact that you're in a pub and you can just place a bet right there in a pub. So basically you have now alcohol, which is is technically, you know, a, a drug essentially. You have alcohol and now you have betting as well and you have gambling as well. So easily accessible. Together. Exactly. So it's quite crazy that, that you have that together. And again, when it comes to just even the marketing of it, I was shocked by the amount of advertising the as I as I say here is is it's the in game, the after game, the before game. It is crazy to think of that. And again, we think about the statistics around it. I mean, that's that's some shocking statistics that you've pointed out there. And it's just the number of people that are contributing to this. That the money is just it's not going into their pockets. Let's just put it that way. They're not getting this money back. You 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 can win maybe every now and then. You get that little bit of a high. 
but the amount of times that you're losing, the amount of stresses that's causing, and as you pointed out, it's 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 an addictive call, uh, factor. It's it's also causing stress in the households as well. Potentially, there's a lot of negatives to that one five seconds of positive that you're getting that little bit of joy maybe when you when you have that winning ticket. But for everything else, a lot of negatives that coincide with gambling. In terms of America, John, you didn't mention how the gambling and sport gambling. Uh, regulations have changed in America. How have, obviously not living there at the moment, but in terms of from a perspective looking into the American sports, which which I know we follow, um, we follow quite a bit here, obviously, and sort of uh, everywhere here. Have you seen a change in terms of the culture in America in terms of now, I guess, the, the a little bit easier to, to sort of bet uh, on sports and, and not being as restricted and regulated as it used to be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, now it's it's that whole thing of um, it's it's now everywhere as well. You know, I mean, you look at it when when you're in now stadiums and everything. Some stadiums, you know, have that branding all around for a particular betting agency. You look at anything from uh, one of the most iconic kind of a uh, pregame and postgame and half halftime shows in the NBA. You know, the TNT crew, Charles Barkley, Shaq, Kenny, and all of them. Um, you have now they're sponsored by a betting agency as well. You know, it's it's all over again. You have something like the Super Bowl now has been taken over and consumed even more so by betting in terms of even featuring um, some really big celebrities who are kind of getting aboard of it. Um, like this last Super Bowl had was featuring, I believe there's a commercial featuring Kevin Hart and David Ortiz as well with Rob, Rob Gronkowski as well, where they kind of added to that, you know, in-game promotion and everything where they kind of giving those what we call free bets as well. So again, it's always that enticing factor in and around that something is free or you get some bit of a, a kickback. You know, if you bet now $10, we'll give you $100 worth of free bets. And it's that enticing factor. And we're seeing that more and more now in America. And like I said, it's so apparent when you're watching a game now just as it is in australia and also when you're going into these stadiums you know you see some mlb stadiums or major league baseball stadiums they have kind of that draft kings or points bets or whatever it is in and around their stadium kind of going through their stadium as well so it is so much more there now in america and again in america has the same problems i believe that it's in and around about two million people per year uh, are are seen as having a gambling addiction, right? That's not even taking into those people who have that little bit of a moderate or small gambling addiction. That's that major addiction as well. That's a lot of people every year that are getting sucked into this. So it is something that is a common thread and common problem in and around the world, regardless of where you are. And I guess here in Australia, there has been calls for a single national betting regulator. Um, as well as politicians uh, reviewing the operation of the industry, including the possibility of an increase in fines for companies that breach uh, the industry code. But I guess even along with all these um, possible deterrents, or I guess uh, regulations, I guess the big issue as well is is sporting codes receiving percentages of those kickbacks from big gambling sponsorships and and the AFL uh, as an example here in Australia receives a percentage of the volume of gambling turnover on matches beyond that is beyond official sponsorship deals with wagering companies so how do, i guess the big question is how do we change that mentality uh, because 
the reality is that these sporting codes are receiving kickbacks from their sponsorships or, or um, their relationships with these gambling uh, companies, uh, which obviously help the sport grow and prosper and, and continue to to deliver world-class athletes as well as world-class facilities. So I guess, John, the mentality is going to have to change a little bit here in terms of the way gambling's viewed um, and also the obsession uh, that sport and gambling seem to to have. And they seem to go hand-in-hand hand now. It seems like you can't watch sport without having a gamble or having a punt or, or sort of um, to make the game more interesting, uh, especially for people that, that happen to be maybe neutral or, or what not watching uh, whatever code it is. So do you think it, it's going to it's going to have to take a little bit of a change in mentality, both from the individuals, obviously the people that are putting the bets on, but also from the advertisers, the sporting codes and the national bodies that, that sort of look after uh, the regulation when it comes to to gambling here in Australia and also globally. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's that thing of what we kind of always talk about as well as, as to when you're receiving money in particular, as you point out in terms of what the AFL is receiving and everything, it's it's kind of looking at that as at, at what cost, right? At what cost are we actually receiving this money? Is it is it right for us and is it just for us to be receiving this? Because as you point out, look, there's those occasions where, you know, you might have a bit of a moderate bet or something like that, and it's not turning into an actual addiction, right? But we have to look at the other side of it where it does lead to a long-term addiction, right? And it does lead to quite a serious addiction as well. So now we're actually taking money from these institutions that are prospering from that, right? That are essentially driving that, that they almost, in a sense, as much as they put those little caveats after the commercials or this or that about saying, hey, if you have gambling addictions, please reach out here. That's where they're making in quite honestly, that's where they're making a lot of their money, right? So that that's where they see that revenue. So again, when you look at it from then, just using this example as the AFL's point of view, that's where then they're getting their kickback from. It's almost exploiting these people's addictions, right? So we really need to look at that as to where is this money coming from? Is it right for us to be receiving that money? Um, so it's something that, that leagues need to look at, something that even just all players as well as to what they want to be associated with when they take sponsorship deals from certain betting platforms as well. What do they want to be associated with as well? Because um, again, it's all about leaving that lasting legacy, but in a positive way, not associating yourself in something that can have uh, negative connotations as well. Well, I think looking at this, Joe, I think it's at least a step in the right direction by the Premier League. They've recognised it. I think it's it's great that they've they've uh, utilised all the clubs in the Premier League and they've come to this decision. But there's still a long way to go in terms of when it comes to how the best way to have gambling and sport working together because you're not going to get rid of it but how do we how do we monetize it in the sense that it doesn't seem to be uh, creating societal issues which which we know sports betting and gambling can and does in terms of uh, a globally when it comes to especially sport um, and it's certainly going to be an issue that that we'll see uh, progressing and I'm sure it's not the last we've heard of it uh, I think there is a growing concern within within fans in terms of how much gambling uh, sponsorship and advertising is on television and, and sort of how much it is shown uh, through sport. So it'd be interesting to see if, if any changes do come here in Australia as well, because as I said, it is a massive problem. It's a massive industry. Um, so how do we now, um, yeah, how do we now control that and sort of uh, not let it create uh, bigger societal issues? So it'll be a story that will sort of definitely keep 
uh, keep interested in and sort of see where it see where it goes. Well, as always, John, we'll end with five quick questions. I think you've got me this week. Yep, you ready? Let's go, mate. All right. Since the NBA playoffs have started, I kind of did a little bit of an NBA-themed questions here for you today. So first question is, we saw the play-in series. I think it was quite successful from my view. We saw it go through. Would you say that we should keep the play-in series or go back into just a standard top eight go through? Or do you like the kind of top 10 with those bottom four teams all playing a bit of an exciting series to see who actually make those last couple spots? No, I like the plane. I think it's one of the big positives that, that came out of uh, COVID. Um, so I would keep it. I think it think it's it adds it adds a little bit of an extra edge before we get into obviously uh, the main final series. So uh, no, I definitely keep it. I think it's been one of the real positives uh, that came out of COVID. Yeah, I would agree. I would love that. Now, in saying that, looking at the West, we've seen every single team play. We've had some upsets in that sense. Who's your team? Who's going to be the team to beat in the West? I still think your sons um, are potentially the team to bet. I know, I know you lost to to the Clippers today. Um, it's a seven game series, a long series. You can afford to drop game one if you're going to drop a game early on. Uh, so I still think your sons are the team to watch. And who knows? My Lakers they they were impressive today against they were, Memphis. They were. We're there. Obviously, LeBron's back. He's Maybe that injury, um, that time away from the court during the uh, regular season, maybe that is actually uh, going to do him the world of good in regards to his body being right. I know Anthony Davis went off today, um, so hopefully he's okay. So he's actually been playing uh, really well, so I think he'd be a big loss if, if he was out for any part of the series. Um, I'd still think your sons, Jono, I still think your sons are potentially the real danger um, out of the West. And obviously you can never rule out a team like Golden State as well. Yep. Well, let's hope the Suns keep uh, trucking along. Looking over the East, if Giannis is out for the Bucks, so let's say worst case scenario, or if at least he's banged up a little bit, slot Philly as the favorite then for the East. Yeah, if Giannis is out, I, I even think they they may have a big struggle to get through the the heat. I think it could be a real uh, battle for them. Uh, but yeah, if Giannis is out, you'd have to put the Celtics or, or put, as you said, Philly. Uh, probably as the favourites to get out of the Eastern and and win the Eastern Conference. But it it would put the Celtics in in a prime position there because they've been knocking on the door. Uh, Potentially, uh, this could be their year. All right, then switching over to just individuals on the court. So we look at a lot of the superstars across the league. You have players like KD, Steph, LeBron, Joker, um, Embiid, Giannis. Who's under the most amount of pressures to win in this playoff series this round who's under the most amount of pressure we'll probably come back to your sons i think they've gone all in with kevin uh durant and 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 booker and he's still obviously kevin durant still chasing that championship away from golden state proving that he can uh he can be the main man so i think he's under massive pressure uh, i think even a player like joel mb uh with philly because they've had a great year obviously there were some doubts around around that squad but um I think, I think there's pressure on him. And also Tatum with the Celtics. They've gone close and there's been talk around, does he have the capabilities of taking that Celtics team all the way? So I think there's growing pressure on Jason Tatum as well because he is an elite player in this league. Uh, but can he take that next step 
um, and guide the Boston Celtics to to a championship. Yeah, no, I'd agree with all those. And then lastly, which team is going to be in for a shock exit in the first round? Well, going off the first round results, if Giannis is out, potentially the Bucks, which would be a huge shock. I mean, I guess even looking at the Lakers-Grizzlies, I know yeah. the Grizzlies were second seed. So for the Grizzlies, they would be looking at that Lakers series and confident they get through. Uh, so I think that would be a, a major upset as well. Um, I think you guys will get through. I think the Suns will get through. Uh, but I, going off the first round, I'd probably put the Grizzlies or the Bucks um, as possibly the major shocks that, that may not make it through the first round. Look, I mean, I got to agree with you on the Grizzlies. I actually was quite impressed with the Lakers. So I got to agree that it could be the Grizzlies that are bowing out in the first round. That definitely would be a shock in comparison as to where they are on the table. As we know, there's a long way to go. Seven games. Um, anything can happen in those series. Well, that brings to you in another episode of Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jonna. As always, thank you for your support and good night.